Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. David and Brenda are perfect for one another. Everyone knows it except David and Brenda. After their painful breakup, they both endure individual purgatory, a self-destructive artistic endeavor, and a relationship with an immature beauty has taken has taken to sleeping with his best friend for David, a failing acting career, an eviction notice, and a boyfriend who just doesn't know doesn't do it for Brenda until a chance meeting brings them back together in the streets of New York at the worst possible time. And hence the setup and the premise of this wonderful romantic, unromantic comedy drama, and that would be In Stereo. And we're joined today by the director, writer, and editor of In Stereo, and that would be Mel Rodriguez. Uh, Mel Rodriguez the third. Well, welcome uh, to uh, to film school. Thank you. Thank you. You really butchered that that uh, synopsis, though, buddy. Well, you know, I, I do what I can. <laughs> I do. I, you know, that's the problem with... I, I want to try and make it sound like I'm not reading it, and then when I try to inject a little bit of improv into it, that's when things usually go way off the rails. <laughs> so, uh, I know how you feel. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's called In Stereo, and uh, again, it's uh, writer, director, and editor Mel Rodriguez III. Uh, tell us a little bit about the origins of the story. Is this based in any sort of autobiographical kind of uh, context, or where did the story come from for In Stereo? Uh, sadly, yes, very autobiographical. Okay. Um, may, maybe not fully autobiographical. I mean, really, it comes from it comes from a time, you know, it comes from a time of, of living in. I was living in Austin, Texas, and you know, you're you're a young guy. You're doing, you know, I was playing music, and I lived in this sort of very creative world of, of people who were just trying to figure out what they wanted to do with their lives, you know. And um, among all that, you know, sort of self doubt and turmoil of, uh, of trying to figure out what kind of artist you want to be or what kind of, you know, professional you want to be, you know, it, it makes for interesting conversations and connections with people. Um, and, you know, you end up, you end up liking, you end up, uh, you know, hooking up, you end up spending time with, with, with a bunch of different types of people, especially if you're, you know, somewhat free spirit, you know, Austin, Texas is a very known town to be very sort of, you know, relaxed and laid back and, yeah. um, uh, yeah, kind of laissez-faire type attitude, and so you know, there's a lot of experimentation, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, amidst that kind of haze, there's a lot of you know poor choices made. <laughs> and you know, I was looking around at my own sort of situation. I was a filmmaker, I was a, a musician, but I also was interested in film. And I just noticed a bunch of people in my circle that were also um, that were also. Um, uh, you know, figuring their lives out, and it was just like making for a ton of um, a ton of uh, material to mine from. I was a uh, you know big into Woody Allen at the time, and I saw his movies. You know, dealt with people in their you know fifties and sixties making these bad decisions in their lives, and I figured you know that there's my there's my I, I, if he can do it, I can do it about people. My I mean, we, you yeah, know, there's yeah. a bunch of movies like this, but I wanted to do one in my sort of visual and and, and uh, you know. My, my musical taste and sort of put my stamp on that kind of film. 
Well, and and to that point, uh, the film starts out with a with in song, if you will, uh, and continues throughout. I thought you made some great choices. Uh, um, some uh, Butos band in there, I heard some a lot of really good artists, and uh, really kind of propel the story along, which is pretty darn cool. I I, I liked uh, before we get to. I want to get back into kind of the the uh, the story of. It's it's the the situations are comedic, but it's not played for so much for laughs as it is more. Uh, it's a little. It's more dramatic, but it's not. It's not melodramatic. I'm, I'm trying to. Right. You know, there's a certain tone to the film that it, it's very difficult to kind of maintain. But I I think you were able to do that, and I I really look at the uh, at the quality of the performances in this film as one of the reasons that that was able to be maintained at, at what I thought where you were going with all of this. Yeah, you know, that's a typical, that's a tricky one. Um, yeah. I, you know, I was not at all interested in making a romantic comedy. Um, I don't like romantic comedies, but but I also don't like, you know, searing melodramas either. Right. Um, and, you know, what I find is that during situations like this with people, there is a lot of tension and a lot of, moments of, uh, you know, explosion and whatnot, you know, with fights and, and all that stuff. But, you know, the handling tone it, within a genre is, is, is something that either, you know, you have to work at. And when you have people like these actors who, you know, we all got on the same page about what movie we were making. Um, I sort of laid it all out for them about the music and how it wasn't going to be taking itself very seriously. I mean, we're essentially kind of satirizing this whole era of 30-somethings who are who are just kind of, you know, having problems that aren't really problems. We're all just making problems for ourselves. Right, right, <laughs> um, right. With, with, with all these, you know, sort of angst-ridden uh, moments of, of doubt, self-doubt. And, and, you know, that's just, that, comes with, that comes with, I think, you know, because it's my experience in a way, it comes from being... Attempting to be being an artist, attempting being an artist, which is just riddled with self-doubt, and and you know you're constantly questioning whether you can do this or not. And David, his character is this photographer who's been doing advertising, and you know he's trying to figure out what he wants to do, what kind of work, and he's got this new cool sort of at least he considers it a very raw art project, and in a way that mirrors my own experience with this film. It's a very sort of raw film. But prior to this, I'd been doing advertising. <laughs> Yeah. directing some commercials and branded content. And I'm not, I wasn't happy with that stuff. I mean, I still do it. It's still part of my work. But it wasn't the thing that was propelling me forward as a, as a creator of something that I'm proud of or as an artist. And, and this movie sort of very much parallels David's, David's uh, past, uh, self-destructive tendencies and all. <laughs> and as far as Brent is concerned, I mean, she's just going through a spiral of, you know, downward spiral of her own self-doubt. And, and, you know, together, it makes for funny moments and it makes for tender moments. And, you know, genre has always been uh, something that I've never really, I've never really, I've never really taken to. I just, you know, the, I think the greats kind of create their own genre with the kind of movies they make. I mean, I just did a, a, a piece uh, an interview with Movie Maker Magazine where uh, this other director and I speak directly about this topic. So it's funny that you mentioned that tone thing. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with the film uh, Overnight by Patrick Bright. I, I, we did I a, yeah. No, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah. 
Yeah, we did a mutual sort of Q&A about each other's films in, in Movie Maker Magazine, and we talked about this exact thing. It was actually that was the topic, was sort of talking about how a genre can work or not work for you. And, you know, both our films sort of straddle that line of like a romantic comedy, but not quite a romantic comedy. There's still sort of these moments of, of real tension and, and real <clears throat> sort of self-realization about stuff and temptation as an adult and all these things. And so those things aren't, those things don't lend themselves to, to being classified as simply as a romantic comedy. These are just films about romance or films about lo life and love. And they're funny and they're dramatic, and it's hard to just call them romantic comedy, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and in that regard, uh, by the way, we're speaking with Mel Rodriguez III. He's the director and writer and editor of a film called In Stereo. And In Stereo comes out as we speak here on... Uh, June 26th, uh, it comes out actually July 3rd, comes out next weekend here in, uh, well, in New York and in Beverly Hills, Pasadena, Las Vegas, Austin. Now, are you, uh, just out of curiosity, any connection still with Austin, Texas, or are you, are, have you severed your ties? Oh, no. No, yeah. very much I'm connected to Austin. I, I, I'm from Texas. I'm from a small town called Del Rio, Texas. It's on the border to Mexico. Okay. Uh, it's about three hours from Austin, but I went to college in San Antonio and then went to Austin <laughs> to play music, and that's where I sort of fell into the whole creative arts yeah. and, and, and trying to, you know, figure out whether I wanted to pursue music or I got interested in film there. So, you know, it's very much, it's very much rooted in my work work ethic. You know, being in Austin because we were just that kind of yeah scrappy group of filmmakers that were making. You know, short films running around town doing it however we could. And we had our godfathers there, you know, Richard Linklater, Robert Rodriguez, Mike Judge. Right. You know, Quentin Tarantino was spending a ton of time down in Austin when I was there. It was, you know, him and Robert Rodriguez were doing that whole thing. Isn't that so part... It was a really inspiring and cool time to be down there. That not that part of the Austin Film Society? Isn't that that sort of Austin mafia down there, right? Uh, the, the, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Linklater's sort of, you know, Randy group of misfits, filmmaker yeah. misfits that, you know, you know he... He's part of my film education, too. I mean, yeah, he would screen a bunch of obscure films and foreign films and just great sort of gems from the 80s uh, with the Austin Film Society. And it was part that, that that era of my life was when I really fell in love with movies and fell in love with you know, cinema, that is. Yeah, well, g God bless Richard Linklater because uh, I can't, yeah. I probably had at least I, at least a dozen Austin-based filmmakers on that all came out of the this Austin Film Society group, and uh, really cool films. I just had Andrew Bajalski on a couple of weeks ago, and it's just uh, it's just so great to see a thriving, interesting, diverse group of filmmakers working, making movies that they want to make, and and that that's what this feels like. You made the film you wanted to make um in stereo um and and i just uh, has it now has your film screened in 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 austin i'm just kind of curious what uh if you've had it if it's been screened no, no not yet we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're playing austin at the alamo draft house i mean that was part that was another yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's another place that really formed my my appreciation of films i mean tim leak and what he's done with theaters is is the best. I mean, I, I think that's the best example of what I think what, what movie-going experiences should be. He's so creative and just really cool with what he does before the movies, and you know, you can eat and drink in there, and, and, and you know, there's cool trailers and all kinds of weird sort of retro. He'll play a bunch of you know yeah, uh, yeah. weird sort of samples of videos that I've never even seen. I never even could imagine would wouldn't be made. You know, just these weird things. But it's fun, and it's 
and and so playing there is a real sort of dream come true. Yeah. I'm going to get to go down, I think, and do a Q&A back in Austin with a bunch of people that I'm looking forward to seeing. It's funny, uh, Draft House, just um, the other interview, the other director I've got on today is uh, is also a uh, being distributed by Draft House. It's uh, Miroslav Slobopitsky uh, is, uh, is for the tribe. Oh, the tribe. Oh, wow. I can't wait to see that film. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and again, I, it, our version of Draft House is a— in Los Angeles would probably be, um, we have a number of great theaters here, including the New Art and a, a lot of theaters, but CineFamily is where I actually um, was right. last night, and that's kind of, it feels like what you're talking about, what Draft House is doing, a very kind of eclectic group running the place, and, and um, really cool. Yeah, Adrian does a great job at CineFamily. I mean, it's, it's, it's so fun. I recently went to that uh, Robert Downey Sr. tribute down at the Ace Hotel. That was incredible. Robert Downey Sr. is one of my favorites. Putney oh. Swope, you know. Oh, Putney, <laughs> Putney Swope. It was is a formative film in my in my iconography of films. I I when I saw that, I actually saw it around the time it came out. Uh, that dates me a little bit here, but it was. Oh wow. Yeah, and I, I was so in love. I would repeat lines from that for years, and no one had any idea what I was talking about. But I, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm sorry yeah. I missed that. I really, really wanted to see uh, that that in a theater again. So uh, that was great. Well, let's get back to in stereo because I, I really want to talk about again uh, this thing about tone. I think, as I said, you made the movie you wanted to make. I that, that's what it feels like. Uh, the relationships, the characters are fleshed out. They feel whole to me. I feel like um, these these just weren't you know sort of pop up. Kind of th- uh, characters you 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 were able to in, imbue a lot everyone, uh, but I particularly well. Let's David and Brenda certainly are are uh, the 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 driving forces in the, in the, the most dynamic characters, but everyone else around them is uh, is terrific. Uh, uh, but uh, talk a little bit about the performances. Uh, 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 Micah Hopton and uh, Bo Garrett. She plays Brenda. Um, Micah plays David. Um, casting this film, did you know them from previous work? What was it about them that drew you to casting them in In Stereo? Well, Bo Garrett was our was first. We we were going to shoot this movie in L.A. Actually, it was it was a sort of a really frustrating time for me where I hadn't been able to get a project off the ground. I was working on another project actually, trying to get a different film off the ground, and this one just happened to take shape um, with a uh, with a. With a, with a really benevolent financier who just loved it. I made a short film out of In Stereo years ago, and he saw it and was in touch with my producer at the time and, and said, I'd like to make this kind of film. Let's make this movie, in fact, if we can. So that was great. So we were just going to do it in L.A. And so we started casting and looking into it, and I made sort of my little list of people that I wanted to work with at this sort of level that I thought people would... I thought it was people who might actually return my phone call. <laughs> and, I, you know, you make that list of actors who are looking for that break and looking to do something that they haven't done before. And Bo was on my list after I'd seen some episodes of TV that she'd done that sort of impressed me beyond just her being a beautiful woman. She she has real chops. And I hadn't seen her do anything like that showed what I think she can do. Yeah, and yeah. We, we just reached out to, to her manager and they read it within the same day and got back to us the same night she wanted to meet on it. So... We talked like two days later, and we had a great conversation. She told me she relates to this kind of stuff, you know. And that's yeah. really what you need to do in casting, I think. Is, yeah. You know, I hate I hate auditions. I don't I don't if I don't have to, I don't do auditions for the for the for the main for the main roles, like the most important roles of the film. I usually tend to just want to meet with people 
and sit and talk with them, talk about the film, not just the role, but talk about the film, and, and make sure we're making the same film, making the same kind of, of movie that they read and that, that I want to see, and I'll describe my take, and they'll give me their take, and then we, we're actually, it almost feels like we're already directing and acting in our, in our, uh, in our meeting. It's like they're, they're describing their take on scenes, and I'm sort of saying, well, I think this. So the directing starts really early, and Bo got it. You know, she she had similar experiences with with dates and with being an actress on the you know on the lower end of the totem pole. So she really wanted to do it, and we I was ready to just sign her up. And then we moved to New York, the production to New York, and suddenly we're New York casting, but we wanted to stick with Bo. I I, I was insistent that we keep Bo after we really got her, and I didn't want to change that role. So then we started doing New York casting, and guys were coming in and for the David role, and we're just kind of either on the opposite side. I mean, like, it was like you'd get Jekyll and Hyde in there. You'd get guys who were coming in playing it really goofy, you know, really, really sort of hamming up the comedy. Mm-hmm. Or you'd get these guys that are coming in and really kind of making it dramatic, like watching an episode of In Treatment on HBO or something, <laughs> like really dark. And, you know, it, it, I don't know how I, I said, maybe the script is just, needs work i don't i don't you know it's not really working with these people these are these are good actors and what's going on until i saw a tape that micah Hausman's manager sent me she was really insistent on us seeing him and she she got in touch with the producers i finally got the tape and it was the tape was fine it was real and he had done a movie called parker with jason statham and jennifer lopez and that's really not the tone for this film but he was really good in that those scenes then she sent us a short film and the short film told me everything i needed to know really his performance in the short film called the mushroom session was really excellent i could see glimmers of the david character he was sort of really angst ridden but in a funny way where you see that yeah it's it's it's, it's real and it's, it's dramatic what he's going through but he plays it in this nervous way that just doesn't doesn't feel heavy or it doesn't feel jokey either and I saw that in the performance, and I just said, I, I want to meet with this guy. I don't even need to read him. I think if I talk to him, we get along, and he gets the movie, which he, which I think he did because he was really adamant to get in to see me. And we spoke. We met at the Soho House in New York. We talked. We talked for an hour and a half, I guess. The first 45 minutes wasn't even about the film. It was just about our own mutual interests and whatnot. And, you know, I offered him the role. It was that simple. He was just the right guy. He brought that that kind of. I mean, you can see his performance is excellent. I mean, yeah. Some people who have seen it are calling it one of the best performances they've seen this year. Well, I, and I'll tell you what. I think that it is such a terrific performance. Um, he does. It's it's an unmannered performance. I didn't feel like he was there. Any was any affectation to the way he was. Right. He he was going about it. I didn't. I felt that there were a lot of lines in this, a lot of scenes that he, could have been kind of snarky and, and you know, that could have gone a different direction, and I felt like he really stayed true to a guy trying to figure it out, who has been in a relationship, figures out some things about the woman he's with and the woman he was with, in ways that really made it work. Made it really... And right. and I, I'm trying to think of an actor he reminds me of. Definitely, Bo reminds me a lot of Michelle Pfeiffer. A uh, young... Well, just Michelle Pfeiffer. She just... She comes off to me very much in that same way. A very nice presence about... Good presence about her. Uh, but with him, it's a little tougher to nail down with uh, Micah Hopton. A little tougher to nail that down. Does does he remind you of anyone in, that, that we might... That an audience might be able to relate to here? Um, 
Um, I would say Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. A, a, a kind of a kind of uh, a blend between the angst of the graduate. <clears throat> yeah. And okay. maybe the the street the street the the streetwise and street sort of level sort of grime grit that he brought to the role of like the Razzo Rizzo character yeah. Razzo Rizzo of uh, Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. Maybe not so not quite so dirty, but that's where the graduate sort of brings up, and they meet somewhere in the middle. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so, so there you go. That's quite a, quite a bar to be set for any actor. But those are two of the. I mean, uh, uh, Hoffman's performances in both those films are just amazing. So, uh, he's yeah, ter- he's totally. terrific. He's terrific. I mean, he, he really. It, again, this is a film that, in in a lot of ways, people could say, "Oh, I've seen this film before." Before seeing it, I could see where they would imagine it to be, but um, it it doesn't have it doesn't have that that attitude that I, I think often uh, subverts films like this. Uh, it doesn't telegraph where you're going with, with the, with the storyline in the, in the ways that you're familiar with. And I, so I really, that's what I appreciated about in stereo. I thought that is, it's a real uh, self-contained film. And, and, it, and it, as I said, you, I think you really made the film you wanted to make. I did, you know, for better or worse. <laughs> you know, you either sign up for it or you don't. I made the movie for myself, and, you know, everyone's invited, yeah. of course, to watch it. But it's very much, you're making a first film. If you have the opportunity, you really should put your stamp on it. And, you know, oftentimes later in careers, you get, you know, you get sucked into stuff where you really have to kind of make films by committee. And I'm, I really don't, I really don't want to do that as much as, as long as possible. I'm, I'm, I came here, you know, I didn't leave Austin to come here and, and get sucked into stuff where I'm told how to make films. So from the first outing, you want to, you want to establish a voice. You want to establish that you can handle something and make something interesting that, that, that's good and, you know, commercial and marketable, but still has a, a style that, that is indicative of, of, of your personality. It's, it's that, it's that goal that keeps me going forward. And, you know, I think with this first film, I hope that people see something, you know, and huh. see something a little special, not quite the, the, the run of the mill type of romance films, you know? Oh no, I, I agree. I mean, you know, the way, the way it's cut and the way it's, uh, yeah. Soundtrack and stuff. I mean, all that stuff was by design very early on to make it feel the way it was shot. I mean, we really moved the camera around a lot and had a lot of steady cam stuff and a lot of dolly tracks, had a lot of split screen editing. You know, made yeah. it feel like a like a piece of a piece of uh, a, specific, a specific piece of work versus just a let's just shoot another sort of relationship yeah. movie. And just to your point, in the last minute or so we've got with you, that, that it has a beautiful look. Obviously, New York, which is, lends itself to, you know, sort of the, a, 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 a very interesting look as a backdrop. But I thought, uh, I'm glad you're calling attention to a couple of things here. The, the music works really well. I, Dan Wilcox, who's, I know, a DJ, did a great job with uh, putting together a great soundtrack. Uh, it's shot, it looks great. Uh, and also... I love the split screen. I, I really like that, in, especially initially, because you're setting up the kind of the relationships initially. And and so don't, going split screen uh, really kind of helped that dynamic, helped uh, uh, the audience sort of telegraph a lot of information in a, in a relatively short period of time about them. So, um, right, right. You know, uh, congratulations on all of it. Uh, it is, again, as I said, it'll be opening the on the 3rd of July, next Friday. Uh, here in uh, at Beverly Hills, I assume that's the Music Hall. Uh, three is where you're opening. Is that if I got that correct? Yeah. 
Yeah, the Lemley Music Hall 3 and the Lemley in Pasadena. I'm not well, sure exactly what that one's called, but that, that, the that's, Lemley in Pasadena. Yeah, the Lemley in Pasadena, uh, terrific theaters. Both of those are. Uh, are you in town for any Q&As? I'll be doing a Q&A at the Lemley Music Hall 3 uh, on uh, this first night. It's open July 3rd. Yeah, next Friday. After the 720 screening, I think. Fantastic. Well, well, uh, congratulations on uh, In Stereo. It's a, it really is a terrific film, and in, 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 in a lot of significant ways, kind of a gender-busting, at least expectations of the kind of uh, film that a lot of people will think it is. And I think uh, you did a great job. looks great and sounds great and some wonderful performances. So Mel Rodriguez III, thank you so much for being on Film School. Oh, thank you for having me. Appreciate right. it. Yeah, take, hey, take care. We'll see you soon. Take care, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.